Hi guys, my name is Monsieur Wete and this is the Money Matters Podcast. Um, so I spent the last 45 minutes doing a recording um, about what the force is over um, um, our new Chancellor's um, mini budgets and why everyone seems to be, you know, having kittens and jumping up around up, up and about and um at the end of it I, he wouldn't say very interesting so i'm having to redo this again hopefully um that one i really vented i got a lot of the frustration out um and so there must have been a lot of rambling so i'm hoping that this one will be a better quality be more concise and it will go straight to the point because all that pent-up energy has disappeared yeah so <clears throat> my disclaimer i'm not an economist i'm not an expert um so i'm not giving any advice i'm only stating my opinion and like i said i'm entitled to my own opinion and um i might not understand all the principles but i think i under- i think for it, to a certain degree i think i understand logic and I think if anything, more than anything, I think economics and all the economics principles and uh, laws has failed. Because one of the things that I find is that when you have all these economic principles, they one, there are some basic assumptions and they follow each other. So if one thing happens, something ha- happens. But if all things don't remain equal, if things are equal one way or another, you might not achieve the same result. And so when all these economics are making all these predictions, they don't factor in all those unequal things, all the things that do not remain equal. Those things are not factored in. Our economy is based on free markets. It is based on a market where there are no outside influences and everything should work the way it should. But the reality is there, there is a lot of influences out there. There's some people that manipulate the market to their own advantage because they have the leverage, they have the power, they have the opportunity to do so and they do so. And the way um, popular opinion responds as well, which is never factored into economics, you know, can affect the way things are done. Okay. And, um, yeah. So for me, why, why is this important? So, um, um, Boris was pushed out. He had a vote of no, um, confidence. Sorry. He had a no confidence vote, which he won, which meant that, um, his, his party and his cabinet, you know, um, they 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 had no reason to kick him out but a few people decided to go against him and because they went against him he was forced to resign and so even though number one he was elected by the united kingdom uh, 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 voters number two um his own party the entire party um had a vote to decide whether they wanted him to continue to be their prime minister and he won that vote a select few sabotaged him and he had to 
resign now somebody i'm certain somebody shouting at me oh he was a liar he was never truthful he was this he was that he was that and i'm not saying he was never those things my argument is from when he was mayor of london he was those things yeah when he went up against Theresa May and all the others, when Theresa May became prime minister, the reason why he couldn't win then was because of all these things that everyone's saying. So even then, his party didn't think he was the best person. They didn't elect him. He had to drop out of the race. However, when it was clear that Theresa May was not going to be able to deliver, not that she couldn't deliver, again, same sabotage from within, um was clear that she wasn't going to be able to deliver on Brexit. Um, she had to resign because she wasn't getting the support that she needed. And they had to choose. Boris was chosen. Yeah. And even when he was chosen, he was still being sabotaged. And he decided to put the vote to the general public. We had a proper general election. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just conservative. It was the whole of United Kingdom went out and voted and unanimously voted him to be mp and at at that time everything you know all his bad behavior and his boyish boisterous uh character was out there for everybody we all knew what we were getting yeah we all knew what we were getting and yeah we decided to vote for him and so he shows himself true to form and everybody's jumping up and down. I don't understand that. I, I, I've, I've always struggled, you know, with that. If it was like, we didn't know, yeah? It wasn't made public. The press didn't bring it. It was news that came to, you know, came out after I became PM. I, I, I would say, okay, yeah, fine. We were deceived. But we were never deceived. People knew who Boris was, yeah? And so to crucify him on the basis of something that we knew, I think is completely unfair. And so he was booted out. Yeah. If we knew we didn't want that person to be prime minister, we shouldn't have voted him in, but we did. So we got what we wanted. Yeah. So he was, in my opinion, he was frustrated out because the powers that be, yeah, who don't agree with the general public did not want him there. Same thing with Teresa, I'm sorry, Liz Truss. Yeah. So, had this big uh, campaign among the conservatives the, and the process is made public just so that everybody knows what they're getting. This woman has said from day one, I'm cutting taxes. Yeah? I'm, I'm going to be fracking so that we can get gas. I'm revamping the entire tax system. I'm revamping the NHS. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Yeah? She might not be very eloquent and charismatic. She might not... The th I think one of the things I notice about her is that she doesn't hide behind words. All these other politicians, Boris, Ricky, and all of them, they hide behind words. You ask them a very straightforward yes or no answer, and they give you an entire book in response. And you read the entire book, you still don't know what the answer is. Liz, you ask her a straightforward yes or no answer. If she has a yes or no answer, she will give you a yes or no answer. If she doesn't have a yes or no answer, she will tell you and she'll tell you what she's going to do to give you a yes or no answer. That's what I find about her, which for me is quite refreshing. I'm not saying she's the best person. I'm not saying she's a saint. <coughs> but again, I'm saying her 
party chose her to represent them as prime minister. And so she becomes prime minister. Thank God she got a break um, because of the death of our queen. Um, period of mourning, parliament re didn't really do much. And so to honor the death of our queen, she, you know, she had a breather. And now that is over. She's now come out and she's laid out her plans. And excuse me, she hasn't even finished speaking and all guns are out. You know, again, the powers that be, because they didn't win. They did not win. They want her out. They want her out. Okay? They want this woman out because they wanted R Ricky Sunak there. And everybody listened to what this woman had to say. They listened to what Ricky Sunak had to say. They voted in Liz Truss. Remember, Ricky Sunak was leading before, she, before he had the head-to-head -head with Liz. Liz came from being number three to being number one. So there must be something about her that made people vote. It's widely claimed that this woman is not charismatic, she's not eloquent, she can't survive in a debate. But yes, she got the vote to win. And yeah, the powers that be, maybe she can't be bought. Maybe they don't, I don't know. They're trying to crucify her. Because, excuse me, all these powers that be, the, 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 the things that she said she's going to do, if the rumors or the analysis of what she's doing is correct, benefits them. Yeah? The claim is that her regime, her tax rules, her tax cuts favor the rich, the wealthy, and does nothing for the poor. So if that is the case, excuse me, why are these elite people, the powers in quotes that be, why are they trying to get rid of her? There must be something there. And so what I did was, okay, let me look at this woman, the mini budget. Let's look at it. I know there's still a few more that, that the claim is going to happen. Let's look at it. So, and the reason for this is that the moment the chancellor, the, the claim is the moment the chancellor released the budget, you know, the pound tanked. I, I tell you, yeah, for, I, I don't understand human beings. It's like, <laughs> we have this idea that says you don't have to give a dog a bad name to hang it if you want to hang a dog just hang it you don't have to make the dog look worse than being a dog to kill it just if you want to kill it just get on with it and stop making us look like you know stop justifying your bad actions essentially is what they're saying you know this woman was playing this is what we're gonna do she got elected she's doing it let her get on with it if you did not want her to do it if you didn't want her to do it, you shouldn't have put her there. You've put her there. Give her the benefits of that. Give her time. Let her do it. Okay? So they're blaming the mini budget for the drop in the pound, the value of pound against major currencies. So it's not just the pound. It's also the euros. It's the yen. You know, they're blaming it on this budget. Bearing in mind that the thing tanked initially and then it went back up. Okay, I have a theory for that. Like I said, I'm not an economist, so please don't crucify me. Yeah, I'm a complete novice. I'm just looking at this from a, 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 an amateur point of view and I'm expressing my inexperienced opinion, which I'm entitled to, and it's my platform. Okay, so bearing in mind that the pound against the dollar and against the euro it has been weakening 
way, 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 way before Liz Trust, way before Boris resigned, since the beginning of the year, it's been coming down gradually. Yes, it took a major hit. And the reality of it is that when things like this happen, the, 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 the economy has, you know, the news hits and people have different ways of reacting. Before people have even analyzed what could potentially happen, they've reacted. The way people behave is when they don't want to lose money, they react first and they want to be the first to react, to take advantage. Yeah. And then when they've reasoned the whole thing out, they then make a decision, you know, and then correct their action if the action is to be corrected. So a lot of people, re- especially people that that have staked a lot of money in this, they, 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 the first thing they do is, okay, how do I secure my wealth? They do that first. Then they come back, l- look at the whole trend of things, and it's, okay, yeah, you know what? Um, I shouldn't have done that. And then they put their money back. Or yes, I should have done that and they leave their money out. Oh, or they put some back in. And so when you get a radical news like that, it's 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 normal that the market should respond. Now bear in mind they released that information, the pound fell, but it came back up. Maybe it didn't come back up as much as um before it went down. But I would I reckon like if you cut off that blip, it probably came down to where it would ordinarily have been considering the trend that he had been following since the beginning of the year. Again, my opinion. I'm not an economist. I'm not an analyst. I'm just saying, okay? So that's one. My second issue is the fact that, you know, um, when Boris um, introduced the additional national insurance um, charge for the NHS and social care, the whole world went crazy. Oh, well, when I say the whole world, I mean the powers that be. Oh, he's taxing his people more. Um, he shouldn't be doing that. He should do this instead. And there was a big thing and people voted against it where they could um, and they wanted to sabotage it. They couldn't. Okay. But when Liz was com- campaigning, she was very clear. It was one of the things that she said, mainly I become PM, I'm going to do it. And it's taken her this long because we've, we've been in a period of mourning. If not, it would have come sooner. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, the benefits, the, 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 the poor, as they claim, which is a wrong terminology, is, is sensational news, is designed to get attention, make headlines, rather than speaking the truth. It is not the poor, it's low-income earners, Yeah people that pay basic rates of tax, they are not benefiting as much as the high income earners. Why? Because it's a percentage. Yeah? If you're 1% of 10, which is 1, is not the same as 1% of 100, which is 10. So, even when the tax was put in place, it was not affecting the low income earners as much as it was affecting the high income earners but when they were reporting the news they did not report that they didn't say oh well it's okay because at least for once the low income earners are not going to feel it as much as the high income earners would they didn't say it that way they made it look like oh boris was crazy in fact they labeled it the boris tax even richie sunak called it the boris tax 
until they refused to reverse it and okay we were stuck with it it was implemented and we're stuck with it now she's reversing it they're making it look like oh she's not doing any favors for the low income earners and i and and i say that to set a, a principle you know a precedence for you to understand that look the news that we hear you know is sensational it's like oh what will sell you know what will get us more followers you know what will drive more traffic to our whatever what would serve our purpose as opposed to the truth okay so all of that being said let's look at what um our chancellor says is going to do and try and see whether we can logically come to a conclusion of why the market went crazy i don't understand it maybe you know as we're reasoning this we'll be able to figure it out so the first thing or is that his um the one percent um, price cuts of the basic rate of income tax which wasn't going to happen until i think it was supposed to be 2025 i'm not really sure about the dates i haven't looked up the dates i'm just reading straight from um hmrc's summary of the budget um that has been brought forward to first april 2023 so how that's going to happen i don't know i don't know whether that's going to be in uh, personal allowances or whether it's going to be the tax reduced from 20% to 19%. I'm not sure. So usually what happens is that what has historically has been, it's not usual, but historically what has been happening is where every year um, our basic, um, our personal allowance goes up, you know, which is um, reflected in our tax code. So at the moment, our tax code is 1250, which means that our personal allowance is 12,500. And over the years, it's just gone up. And typically around about 500 pounds every year. You know, that's what he's done. So um, the former chancellor um, decided for that for the next three or four years, it wasn't going to go up. It was going to stay at that 12,500, which meant that we're going to be increasingly paying more tax because obviously, um, uh, inflation and uh, RPI may, would mean that we end up with less money in our pocket. Okay, and one of the reasons they make that adjustment is to, one for um, retail price index and um, inflation. You know, to adjust for those changes, so that you, you, even though it looks like you're getting more money, but those changes that come because of inflation, <coughs> you, you know, is absorbed in the money. So when they don't do it then even though the money you're getting is the same the value of the money has reduced so you still end up being out of pocket and so they said that they were going to peg that and they will do that and then the basic tax rate will remain the same for a number of years and at the end of it they'll cut it that was the plan so what liz is doing is she's now brought that forward so she's not done it immediately but the next tax year we're going to start seeing those changes so what I'm not 100% sure is whether we're going to see it in the personal allowances or in the or just in the tax rate or in both. But it also means that she's helping us absorb part of that inflation, you know, into our economy. Why is the market re- reacting negatively to that? No idea. The second thing is um, the um, the corporation tax. Um, you, typically, the corporation tax is usually lower than personal tax, you know, and that's why a lot of um, small businesses choose to incorporate because they end up paying less tax um, if they incorporate. If you do it in your personal name, then 
you're paying taxes in your personal name and then there are lots of um, expenses that you can claim as a company that you cannot claim as an individual so you're better off incorporating even if um, you're not doing millions in business so even if your business is under a hundred thousand it still works out cheaper for you to incorporate than to put a hundred thousand through your personal taxes because if you do so all the profit you make you could potentially be paying tax at you know as a high tax payer whereas if you put it through the company you only take out the money that you need you leave the rest in the business you can reinvest it into the business or when you sell the business you can take everything out as a lump sum tax end up paying less tax and so that has been a common trend recently and so um to um stop people from doing that what previous governments have done is they, they've tried to raise the corporation tax to be initially at the same level as personal tax and then eventually to uh to be higher than personal tax so that it's no longer attractive for you to incorporate and all the benefits that come with that the dividend level was completely slashed so that means you couldn't take out as much um, and so many other different things they did okay and then um to buffer that a bit to give people time to kind of like adjust to the changes in tax they gave some time-bound reliefs one of which is the what we call annual investment allowance for claiming of capital allowance and what that is really is if you buy some equipment um computers cars the specific ones you you are allowed to claim that that cost in the first year of purchase so normally when you buy assets assets have a long-term use and you're benefiting over a long term what you can do is you can spread the cost of that asset you know government have their rates you spread it over a longer period of time and so for as long as you have that asset you know you're always using part of the cost to reduce you know the tax amount that you have to pay but they also have this one where you can instead of spreading it over a number of years you can reduce it uh you can take all of it in the one year and that's called the annual investment allowance and a lot of companies do that especially companies that you know have a program of replacing their assets and whereby they're always replacing assets every single year they're always replacing assets maybe because there's a lot of upgrade within their industry that need means that they need to do that or maybe they have planned growth that means they have to continue to buy assets and all of that and so they decide which ones they want to write off quickly and the ones they want to spread over a longer term so the assets that they're going to have for a very long time they do that using the normal capital allowances um, but the ones that you know needs upgrading frequently which is why i'm mentioning some things like computers and vehicles and so because usually computers two three years they need to be written off some vehicles um, because of high mileage after three four years you need to replace them and all of that and so those ones rather than spreading it over the government's rate they do it in one year because they know okay i'm going to be changing my vehicles you know next year and all of that and so they use that to reduce the amount of tax that they um, need to pay and so because of the changes that the government was doing um in 2019 they increased that rate to a million it was at 200,000 they increased it sorry not to a million to 350,000 
sorry am i getting my numbers wrong yes to a, they increased it to a million yeah with the hope that come 2023 um that would end you know and so companies will end up having to pay more tax so the the corporation tax would have gone up to 25 percent and then the aia would have gone back to the normal 200,000, which then meant that companies will end up paying more taxes and so what liz is saying is that we're we're, we're going to keep it at that hundred thousand but we're still not going to charge more than 19 percent. so which meant that if you were running a business you get more money yeah you're paying less tax so you have more money in the business but then you can reinvest that money into the business and hopefully the business will generate more profit and the business generate more profit even though you're only paying 19 percent, you still end up paying more tax compared to where because you don't have the money to reinvest into your business you're not reinvesting the business and you're just stuck at paying a certain level of tax and just maintaining it over the years so that's our rationale for doing that. Again, I don't see why the market forces should jump up and down over that because for me, it's a good thing. And if there are a few other things um, that she did, the one that um, um, faces contractors. So over the years, there's this thing called IR35, which meant that, you know, if you set up a company and your company only runs one contract, for a particular company essentially you're hiding the fact that you are technically an employee and so therefore you have to be taxed like an employee and over the years they've they've kind of like looked at the different loopholes and they've tried to block it so the when the government releases a, a new tax system the tax experts look at it and they look at the areas the government hasn't covered and they develop a scheme whereby you can that that tax regime doesn't catch you you get and so you can walk around it and the reason why all of this happened was because the loophole was that if you are a limited liability company you end up paying less tax than if you're a personal individual so why are you working as an individual why not set up a company and set up yourself as a contractor and so the government brought out a few more rules and says okay if this 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 happens these rules don't apply to you and so they became even more creative yeah and then you know found a way around it and then the government now said okay you know what scrap all of that if you work for us whether local government or central government yeah whether you have 15 people in your company or not as long as a human being is working for us as in doing the work that our employees can do we're going to tax you as if you're an employee. And when we've paid you, you can go to HMRC and sort it out. Yeah? So that's what they've done. And that was to be ruled out. So that was just for government, which, okay, fair enough. You're the one making the rules. You should, you know, you can do what you want by it. And so what, what would happen is a lot of people would, would then not want to work for the government because there's no benefit in working for the government. Of course, the only way the government can then fulfill those roles is to employ temporary staff. And so the problem then is between the agency and the temporary staff because the agency invoices the government, yeah? But your company can invoice the agency. So even though the, the government came up with that, prop, that solution, um, it didn't really solve it because they just found a different way of doing it. And so what they, in order to be able to catch 
um, those people that have now come out of government directly and are using agencies as their cover they've now rolled it out to the agency so if the agency was re- re- employing you and you were doing a work that you had to personally um, carry out then the agency will be forced to uh, tax you as an employee and then you can go sort out your tax affairs with the HMRC and what Liz is saying is that um, she's she's removing all of that she's removing all of that and so therefore um, you know you can set up your company and you can work I mean I don't know whether she's re- re- removing it for central and local government but she's definitely removing it for low for small and sorry medium and large size businesses and charities and the voluntary private and voluntary sectors she's removing it from them so it means that you know you can still get an agency to send you someone even though the agency uses a company to provide the service so essentially it's like that they're not cutting that benefit off and yes and then of course she also has um, um, new investment zones and she's introducing enhanced tax relief you know for stamp duties in those areas Um, she's also um, um, looking at the seed enterprise investment scheme you know which brings a lot of tax benefits and the company share option plan as well you know and um so many different things that she's helping so the argument of the powers that be is that all of these things is benefiting the rich the low income earners are not essentially benefiting from it but the reality of it is let's be let's be frank let's be fair none of those schemes were designed to benefit the low income earners in the first instance they were not designed to benefit them in any way, shape, or form. Those schemes were, sorry, they were not designed to catch the low-income earners in any way, shape, or form. Yeah? They weren't designed to catch them any in, in any way, shape, or form. They were designed to catch the high-income earning people who were trying to keep more of the money that they've earned for themselves, which for me is a noble thing to do. And this is my argument. So my argument is this. Say, for example, I earn 200,000, 150,000, 200,000. And I know that the government is going to take, well, 50%. So I earn 200,000. Government is going to take 50% of what I've earned for taxes. Yeah? So I end up, I work, and I've done good, honest, hard work labor, sleepless nights and everything that comes with it, you know, or maybe I've just created something whatever but i've earned that money legitimately so i'm not talking of fat bonuses and you know the city <coughs> doing all those financial wizardry that they do of creating money financial re-engineering i'm not talking of any of those i'm talking of proper hard working person buying and selling spotting opportunities in the market taking advantage of it buying and selling creating you know real work i've done that and I earn 200,000 out of it. And the government is taking 100,000 off me just because they can. What is my incentive? I might as well just be earning my 100,000. I might just earn my 100,000. I know that, okay, this hundred, if I earn anything more than 100,000, government is going to take it. So I work for the amount that I know government isn't going to touch. 
which then means that if I come up with a with a different um, if I come up with a different um, if I come up with a different idea of something that would help me or help the economy because I'm not motivated I'm not willing to do it because after all the government is going to take it if I want to do it I'll go to a tax haven a country where I'll be allowed to keep the bulk of what I've earned rather than do it in the UK which is what a lot of the Starbucks and the you know, um, um, Amazons and all these other big companies, which is what they do, you know, and they, they get crucified for, you know, they get crucified for doing all those kind of things, you know. And for me, it's like, I just don't understand it, really. You know, when I think about it, I just don't, it doesn't make sense to me, you know. If I'm not benefiting from... If I, sorry, if I go and, you know, produce this and I'm not allowed to keep it, money that I've legitimately made, why should I continue to do it? And that's what Liz is saying, that look, the hardworking people should be rewarded. The other side of it, you know, when you look at the low-income earners, there are a lot of able-bodied people, young people, you know, who can work. I'm not talking of people who are sick or, you know, who are unable to for whatever reason, mental illness or whatever, or even, you know, personal circumstances is not allowing them to do it. I'm not talking of those people. I'm talking of people who can and are able to work, but choosing not to work because they are on benefit. And so they will dodge the system for as long as they can. You know, what incentive do they have to work? I'm not sure if the maximum benefit they can get now is capital i don't know if it's 23 or 26,000 i'm not sure which one but when they say benefit is capital 26,000 they don't mean that the gross income is 26,000 so after tax income is 26,000 what they mean is that they all the benefit they get so the uh, um, uh, employment allowance or income support housing allowance council tax benefit and all the other optional extras that they get they cannot get more than 20 so that means physical cash that enters their purse or they have benefit for cannot be at that limit whereas if you're earning a salary of twenty six thousand, you still have to pay tax and national insurance on that you pay tax at 20 percent. you pay national insurance at uh I'm, I'm not sure if it's 12 percent or nine percent i keep mixing the figures you know but let's say it's 12 percent. you pay national insurance at 12 percent. so that's 32 at least 32 percent you know of course after personal allowance that you're paying tax on before the money gets to your pocket so if someone on benefit is getting twenty six thousand, you're working you're getting twenty six thousand. the person on benefit gets cash twenty six thousand, you know and the benefit of it into their post you're on twenty six thousand gross income you potentially would end up with maybe 20 maybe 20 to twenty two thousand in your post so what is the incentive for someone who's getting twenty six thousand to go on a job that is paying less than twenty six thousand when the cash at the end of the day means they are better off on benefits there lie therein lies the problem 
So not only is it that the high income earners are losing a lot of their income in taxes, which is motivating them not to want to become high income earners or to take their income out of the UK economy to a more tax favorable country. And on the other end, low income earners who are getting more in benefits than if they went out to work. And so either minimum wages increase to the benefits level so that anyone that works is better off than the person on benefits, you know, or you know, the government finds a way that people have to keep, get to keep more. So there are so many different incentives. For example, um, before, if you were married, if you were married, there was married couples allowance. So you got a bit more because you're married, because your joint income, you know, meant that um, your joint income, you know, would help the family. And it meant that, of course, you have responsibilities for children and all of that. So you were better off. That was scrapped to the extent that it became favorable for people to live together without getting married you know because there was no benefit in thing now if 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 a, a, a mother or a father decides to stay home be a stay home mom or dad and you only have one person earning an income is even worse for them is because they don't get the benefit whereas before you could use the full allowance of the your your spouse or your partner that isn't working you could use up all that allowance so even though the spouse was not working they still you could use up their own allowance to reduce your tax you know and they came up with something silly you can only claim 10 percent. i mean if you're going to give me something you know give me something with only 10 percent. what would 10 percent do 1000 uh, and, and it's passing around 1250 in a year you know for taking i mean for me it's just a thing and then also you had the, the mortgage allowance if you own owned a home the interest rate that you were paying on that you got relief from it you know um for the privilege of owning your own home that again was scrapped you know so these are things that the government can do to help um, low-income earners but the reality of it is that high income earners will benefit from it as well you know and so for me I don't see why um, people would, maybe because in their mind, if the government is not taking, if the government is not um, stealing, is probably the better way because that's what it is from the high income earners. That means their income will drop. And if their income drops, therefore, um, they, they're not going to have enough money to pay their bills. Maybe that's what they're reacting to. But the reality of it is that if those tax reforms do what it is designed to do, even though the rate of tax you're collecting is lower, the number of people paying those taxes would increase. So for example, the person who would not grow their business, because if they grew their business, they will end up paying more tax, might decide to grow their business, you know? And if they grow their business, they end up paying more tax. You know, all the people that are opening businesses in tax havens can decide to open their business in the United Kingdom. You know, there's no need to pay extra to go set up your business in the tax haven because you're not benefiting. The advantage of doing that is wiped out by the fact that the tax you're paying is lower. And so the tax system catches more people. 
and more importantly people that are domiciled in the country but are not residents of the country can choose to pay taxes in the uk because our tax system is more favorable in the united kingdom than outside the united kingdom and so therefore you, you end up catching more people within the tax system so rather than people looking for loopholes to run away to somewhere so that they don't have to pay tax or not pay as much tax they stay within the economy and allow the economy grow you know so, and and because of that i don't understand i just don't understand it you know i i just for the life of me could not understand why the world is reacting and so right now we are we are waiting we are waiting what would bank of england do is bank of england going to look at um listrust um policies see them as reckless increase interest rates which straight away kills all her policies why are they going to give her time you know and i get i get the fact that she's doing a lot in such a small space of time but i i gave the illustration of you know um having a really serious sickness and how you deal with it if someone has an infection you know or they have a wound you treat it gently you know you give them something for pain you wipe out the wound every so often and allow the wound heal naturally however if somebody is bleeding internally yeah you're not going to give them something to relieve the pain and hope that the source of the bleeding you know heals itself naturally which it can do it can depending on how serious it is if it's really really serious you want to go in there and you know help the healing process by you know i don't know what dr scully but stitching you know that wound so that the bleeding itself stops and then that place can heal naturally but with them not stopping the source of bleeding internally there's a chance that that person could lose as much blood now remember it's an internal bleeding you might not see the effects of it outside but on the inside it's there and i feel that's where we are so the reason why we are here is not listrust fault yeah and it's not entirely united kingdom's fault there's there are a lot there are lots of reasons that are beyond our control the reason why united kingdom is different from every other nation is because of brexit that's that's the core reason it's because of brexit yeah so we chose to come out of the eu european union and because we came out of the european union um europe is making life difficult for us in any which way they can you know and yes we are trying to find our way but the way the agreement was reached because they were not willing to play ball and they didn't want other nations doing the same thing that we, they did they could not give us special um, favors and then when boris was trying to cut off the eu completely and go somewhere else he was sabotaged i was oh you know you can't do that no you can't do that no you can't do that and so he had to compromise and here we are with a compromise you know so what do we do this woman has a major problem that was compounded by covid and the war in um russia between russia and ukraine which are beyond her control but she needs to stop the internal bleeding what does she do put a plaster over the wound and hope we heal heal or dramatic surgery get to the source of the bleeding 
stitch it up, you know, and hope that we are able to recover. The reality of it is that if even if um, the way I look at it is a 50-50, if Liz doesn't do what she's doing, the economy would die because the injury is serious. So if she does what she's doing and we she has the benefit of time, which she really doesn't have, you know, all things being equal, which they not usually are, chances are we might recover. Okay, so it's not like oh, her policies are the best policies and they're going to solve the problem. It's just that without, with or without Liz, we were in trouble, you know. And if she's going against the grain, against the natural or natural order of things to get a result, I think she should be given a bit of time. Yeah. Plus, remember, you know, the conservative. Um, um, what's up most in their mind is number one, who's going to win us the next election? And whoever it is that's going to win the next election has to be able to show that they can deliver. Because if Liz fails, you know, number one, her party is not even going to let her run for the next election. That's number one. But um, more importantly, the country, they're not very forgiving, they'll just boot her out. You know, and <laughs> I'm, I'm dreading a Labour government, not with the leadership they have. If they can come up with other leaders, maybe, but with the leaders they had, past and present, I'm very, very fearful. They, there is, there is no real um, demonstration of understanding of the problem. You know, they just have an agenda that they want to push. I don't feel they have the best interests of the country at heart. And so I'm dreading a, a, a labor leadership, you know. Maybe if they change their leadership or if their leadership change their focus, maybe. But from what I'm seeing for now, there's nothing that tells me that a labor government is going to be better, you know. And so my argument is let this woman be, let her do. You, she told you what she was going to do. If you did not want her to be PM, you shouldn't have voted her in. Now that she's been voted, you need to support her and let her do what she needs to do. Sabotaging her is sabotaging yourself. You're sabotaging yourself because, you know, you're, you, you, no one would not have, because basically you've succeeded in removing three PMs because they are not doing what you want them to do. Theresa May was pushed out because she wanted some things done and you kept blocking her. Oh, we want this, we want that, we want that. You wanted all of those things, but you did not want any of those things. She needed to be tough. You did not give her the ammunition she needed to be tough. The woman got frustrated, she resigned. Boris came in. Boris says, what? Well, no matter what I will deliver. Oh no, you, it cannot be no matter what. It has to be on these terms. If you did not want those terms, well, let him go negotiate. They need to accept. It, life doesn't work that way. The man was wise enough to call for a general election to throw all of you out of, of government so that he could go on what he needed to do. And the country voted for him because he was honoring a referendum that said we wanted to leave the EU. Okay, and now he did that. Oh, he's a liar. Like you didn't know he was a liar before he was elected. And now Liz Truss is there. Oh, she's inexperienced. She's doing this. It's not good for the environment. Excuse me, grow up and be mature. You cannot eat your cake and have it. 
you cannot have everything. If you want a perfect world, join me in this journey to heaven. The only place we're getting a perfect world is in heaven. And that's why God has promised us a new heaven and a new earth. You're not going to get a new earth here on earth. This one is corrupted. Let's just manage it until that time when God makes a new heaven and a new earth. So you cannot eat your cake and have it, you know. Let's manage what we have and make the best use of it. And if there's someone who demonstrates that they care and they're willing to do the job, let's give her the support and do what we... And stop sabotaging and making competent people look incompetent, you know. And that's my beef. I'm, I'm, I don't see the reason why the um, pound should drop. And if the pound did drop, I don't see any reason why it should be a big issue. I've looked at the woman's policies. None of them are crazy. She's not doing anything extraordinarily. She's assessed it. And her idea is, I need more taxes. But I'm not going to get more taxes by taxing more, by taxing the already overtaxed people. I need to get new people in that I can tax. And that's what she's doing. And let her do it. If it doesn't work, then yes. She, she would have demonstrated that it doesn't work. And she comes up with a new policy. You know, and on the back of this, I, I need to do another podcast, you know, to help us um, low taxpayers, you know, to keep more of the money that we earn. Because the reality of it is that all those people there, they're, all they're interested in is in their pocket. They're not, they, don't, they don't care about us. They're not interested in us in any way, shape or form. And let them manipulate the market and the economy and even the government as much as they want. But let us not be caught under, you know, their manipulation. So there are a few things that we can do, a few things that we can put in place to ensure that whether inflation rises or there's a recession or Liz Truss decides that, okay, she's going to tax the, she's taxing us 90% of our income, whatever, we can still survive. Because there's some basic principles that when we apply, you know, to the way we manage our money, irrespective of, what, irrespective of what the government says or where we live, we would always survive. And so I'll be doing a, a podcast on the back of this. Um, and I hope you, you listen out for this. Um, like I said, I'm not an economist. I'm not an expert. So this is a disclaimer. Um, but I'm stating my opinion. But I just thought, you know, let's have a, a, an alternative opinion to, you know, that popular opinion out there about, oh, um, this woman is incompetent. She doesn't know what she's doing. Um, she's an accountant, so hopefully good with numbers. She's got a fantastic economist. His record goes way ahead of him. And usually the people that bring change are people that do radical things. You cannot keep doing the same thing over and over and over again to expect a different result. There's a name for that. She's doing something different. She's expecting a different result. Okay? So... Um, I hope you found this interesting. My rantings and rambling, I hope you found interesting. Uh, my name is Miss Yowete, and this is the Money Matters Podcast. <laughs>